Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. going to talk about today is a true modern masterpiece from Japan. Similar to the Taiwanese movie that we've been talking about in the past two weeks, this film deals with the topic of death and its aftermath. But unlike Seven Days in Heaven, this movie deals with it in a much more serious and emotional tone. So without further ado, here it is. The Oscar goes to... Departures, Japan. Directed by Yoshiro Takeda. Departures, or as it is called in Japan, Okuribito, won the best foreign film at the Academy Awards in 2008. And uh, this recognition is indeed well deserved. The film offers a beautiful story. It is very well shot and acted, and it has a beautiful original soundtrack written by the renowned composer Joe Hisashi. It is a moving piece of work through and through, and now let's dive right into it. Not long after the film opens, we see our protagonist, Daigo Kobayashi, playing cello as part of an orchestra. As the camera pans across other musicians and the very few members in the audience, and then across Daigo's face, we see that he's young, handsome, and completely focused on his craft. And just when we thought it would be the beginning of a promising music career, the story immediately takes a left turn. The owner of the orchestra walks in the lounge after the play was done and nervously tells the entire orchestra that they've just been disbanded due to the lack of audience attendance. Everyone is stunned by the sudden change, including or maybe especially Daigo himself. By the time Daigo's wife Mika comes back home from a day's work, she had no idea that her husband is jobless, and the news certainly comes as a shocker. Daigo has to confess to her that she's not just lost his job and that they both are in a large amount of debt because that he has secretly taken out a loan to buy his professional cello. With a considerable financial burden and now just one income, the young couple has decided to move away from Tokyo to Yamagata in the rural area of Japan. 
Mika continues her job as a web developer away from the office, and the couple gets to live in this old house that Daigo's mother had left him. This shift in the movie is much more than just a geographical change. It is a significant change and transition for Daigo. He has now returned from Tokyo, the urban city in which he tried to make a name for himself, and back to Yamagata, the rural town in which he grew up and spent his childhood. The people in this town, which we'll talk about later, shaped his memory and therefore a big part of who he is as an adult. Daigo sold his cello before moving back, and to him, it's for good reasons. He felt that he had reached the end of his talent and couldn't advance further in his music career. And after he returns to his hometown, we gradually get a chance to peek into his past. And the one person who has a big hand in shaping his career and in large part his personality is unsurprisingly his father. In one quiet, cozy evening, Daigo sits down with his wife Mika and reminisces about his early childhood. He says that it is in this house that his father allegedly ran off with a woman at a bar and never came back. His mother, for some reason, has still kept his vinyl records and other personal possessions in the house long after he was gone. In several scenes of flashback throughout the entire film, the memory that Daigo shares with his father is that he always has to practice cello under his intense glare and expectation, and as a child, he clearly didn't seem like he was enjoying it. In fact, when Mika had asked him what his father looks like, Daigo couldn't even remember. It is a painful part of his memory that he had probably denied for a very long time. And now, after giving up a career that he didn't intend to start in the first place, Daigo is back to square one. Both geographically and mentally, he's back to being that child, facing the choice of what to do next. Except, this time he has a choice. And this time, Daigo fell into something by accident. He one day saw an ad in the local newspaper for a job at a local quote-unquote travel agency. And the first thing he arrives that he sees is a number of coffins lying inside the office. He realizes that this is not the kind of travel agency that he had understood in the first place. The owner tells him, 
that the journey that he will be helping others with is one that leads to the other world. More precisely speaking, he will be an encoffiner, a person who takes care of the procedure of dressing up a dead person, giving him or her one final makeup before moving the corpse inside to the coffin. Naturally, Daigo was uh, apprehensive about the job, but seeing that he doesn't really have an income nor much in the way of a choice, he tries his hand on the gig. To say Daigo jumps off the deep end on the first day of his job is definitely an understatement. The first corpse that he has to help take care of is one that's been left unfound for weeks. And by the time he and his boss get to the house, the deceased, along with all the food in the room, has been decomposing. The movie has only shown flies and maggots crawling around in the room and spared all the details on the corpse, but even with that, the audience can see how extremely shocked and uncomfortable Daigo is, as he almost vomits several times throughout the procedure. And by the time he was done, he smells funny and people on the bus tries to distance themselves away from him. And that is far from the worst trouble that he would face throughout the first part of the film. In one of the earlier episodes, I talked about how death is taken very seriously in Asian culture, and is doubly so in Japan. People often believe death is an extremely upsetting matter to the point it becomes almost a taboo for many. Most wouldn't openly bring out the topic of death in their conversations, and someone who touches the disease as part of his job is, well, let's just say he's shunned upon by many. Daigo never opens up about his job to anyone, but rumors spread quickly around the small town, and soon people begin to find out. In one instant, Daigo runs into his old childhood friend. The man who would normally strike up a conversation with him didn't say anything this time and only give him an intense stare. He murmured under his mouth to find a decent, presentable job and walks away. And after Daigo gets home, his wife Mika finally finds out about it and confronts him about his job. She thinks it is repulsive, disgusting even, and I'm using the words in the movie, for a person to touch dead bodies during their everyday work, and she asks him to resign. Daigo disagrees, and the pair eventually has a fallout. Mika left him and moves to her parents' house. Please join me next week as we continue to explore the plot of the movie and we'll find out what happens to Daigo next. How is he going to cope with the fact that he's going to touch diseased body day in and day out as his daily job? 
and how would people think about him as more and more of them find out. Would Daigo ever find peace with himself and closure with his father? These are the questions that we will answer in next week's Lights Camera Asia. Talk to you next time. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit English.rti.org.